This is Council for Life, a podcast engaging conversations about mental health and the Christian life with licensed biblical counselors Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. Welcome back to Council for Life. I'm Eliza. And I'm Beth. And we are so glad you have joined us again for another episode. And we are talking about something that I think is going to relate to everybody um, who's listening. And it's really about just wisdom that we need when sharing our stories. Now, Beth and I are counselors, so we hear a lot of stories. We hear a lot of people share with us their stories. And in that context, in a counseling context, you're going to kind of have to like fast forward trust and you're going to have to like share a lot with somebody who you barely know. And we try to create the safest possible possible experience for that. And, and counseling should be that safe place. And there's ways that you can make sure that it is by asking good questions about your counselor and confidentiality and so forth. But today we're actually talking about just the wisdom in sharing our story in community, in whatever community you are in, whether it's just friendship with your next door neighbor, or maybe it's in your, your smogger group at church, or maybe it's in the broader context of church or other communities where you know people, Uh, because everybody, wants to be known. Like we are designed, we are made to be known. And so sharing our story is important in being known, but there's wisdom that we need in that because we don't want to be um, oversharing in the in the wrong context or not sharing enough in ways that maybe inhibit uh, people getting to know you and so forth. So to start us off, I'm actually going to ask Beth because we've talked offline and Beth has a great way that she explains how to kind of think about sharing your story. So if you've ever asked that question, like, how much do I tell this person? I've got quite a bit of a story. What do I say to these people? I think this is going to help you. So Beth, why don't you kind of share with us what you tell people? Yeah. And in the context of counseling, obviously you're right. There is kind of a, you said like a fast track or a fast-forward expectation that you're going to share a lot of things with your counselor. As a counselor, I never want to be the only one who hears the story. I, d- I think I don't want to isolate in that way. So often I will talk with counselees about, well, who who are you going to talk with about what we've talked about today? If I'm the first person that you've told, what would it look like for other people to also know? And that's scary for a lot of people. And I also think we probably have done a little bit of a disservice in the Christian world, the Christian community church world, in like how we've maybe expected too much of people in terms of like, these are the people in your small group or your Bible study or your discipleship group, and they ought to know like what's happening in the deep places of your heart. So just, you should just share. And we don't necessarily coach people along in how to think about how much to share or or what it is that they're sharing and how it affects other people. So so when I talk with people, I use kind of a, a, like a concentric circles of safety. That's how I talk about it. So um, when we think about how much we're sharing, not just about our history, but also what's going on in our hearts right now, there really should be a few people this is a good goal, I think, to have a few people that are in that inner circle. Mm-hmm. They know your heart and you trust them and they trust you. And that is built over time. So these are people that when you've started to share a little bit, you've seen them come towards you and receive you with grace and kindness and encouragement. And, um, you know, last week we talked about using God's word in a way that's helpful. These are people that would do that. They 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 don't just slap Bible verses on issues that you're facing. They're, they want to come towards you and they're thinking about you as a whole person. That's really important. And you want to have a few people that are in that inner circle 
And anybody that's listening today, if you don't have people, if there aren't people that come to your mind right now when you think about who those people are, that's just something to consider and pray about and 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 talk with the Lord about how do I find those people? Because that's really important. You need to have that. And then sort of the next layer out from that, the next circle of safety might be things like your Bible study group or your small group or people that you're serving in ministry with or things like that where they, they're spending time with you. You're actually doing things together uh, communally, but they don't have to know every detail. And, and them not knowing every detail of your story doesn't mean you're lying to them or you're hiding from them. It means that you actually are paying attention to the importance of having that level of safety and trust in your inner circle. And then the next circle out, you're probably going to share less with them. And so I think of it like, so I have people say things like, well, I'm really suffering in this way, but um, and my, my Bible study group or my small group, they want to know how to pray for me. Well, what are some ways you can explain how to pray without giving mm-hmm. a ton of detail? You know, I can say I'm really, I'm struggling in this certain thing. And then when people, as this always happens, I think, where somebody's like, tell me more about that. You don't have to. Like you can, if you feel safe to do that, and it and it seems like a trusting, a trust building relationship. But if you don't have that with that person, you don't owe them mm. to tell details of your story. You don't owe them something there. Ooh, that's so good. That's so yeah. wise. I think that, and then that that holding on to even in that circle, you're not lying mm-hmm. if you don't tell them. There's wisdom that you're using. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, and then I think that outer circle is probably just people that are acquaintances, people on social media. They do not need to know all the details of your life, you know, people that you don't actually spend time with, that's kind of that outer circle that, you know, they don't, again, we don't owe them our story. And I think that's, I think that's a really helpful thing because I think we've kind of learned some, some things that aren't helpful and we're kind of operating out of this. This is why, I mean, I've got, I've got people in my life who don't want to join a small group because they, Mm. they think the expectation is going to be that they have to share all of their story. And it's just too painful for them to talk about with, with somebody that they hardly know, which makes sense. It it totally makes sense. And that's, that's really wisdom. And that's what we're talking about is wisdom. And so I just want to kind of share with you in light of that model that Beth just shared, which is a fantastic model for you to kind of think about those concentric circles. Uh, So what does wisdom and sharing look like? And um, I will say that as a counselor, you know, I've definitely walked with people through some really, really hard situations and they have often asked, like, who do we tell? Like, who should we tell? And in some ways you want to tell because we we are called to carry one another's burdens and it does help to know that other people can be praying and specifically they know how to pray and so forth, but there needs to be some wisdom. And so one of the things that I often will say, and this is very common in the context. I'm just going to give it some context in the context of um, situations where there's maybe been infidelity and you've got a husband and a wife and there's been a, a, a break in trust. And it's, 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 you know, it's a serious thing and it's affecting their life in a very deep way. And there's this struggle of like, well, who do we tell? Do we tell our parents? Do we tell our, our small group? Do we tell our whole church? Like what? And and some of that's going to depend on the situation and how it was all played out. But just if a a couple is walking in like towards redemption in this situation and they're trying to repair their marriage, who to tell can be really hard. And so this is what I tell people. You can always tell, but you can never untell. And I think Mm. that's so important. Yeah. 
you can always tell, but you can never untell. And so think about that, whether it's the context of what I just shared of infidelity or whatever part of your story, that's very important. Uh, Paul Tripp calls it the fine china of our life. You know, you're you're asking somebody to carry it. So make sure you're handing it to somebody who you know. And if you're not sure, maybe wait because the next time you have a conversation, you think there might be clarity that you've been given and you'll feel like, no, now is the time I can tell. So you can always tell, but you cannot untell. Um, but you also need to know some some other points of wisdom is that you need to know more than likely your story includes other people's story especially if it's something that has happened to you or something you've experienced maybe through your upbringing or or um, something that has happened in a church setting or especially because of the fact that when we when other people's sin affect us it's because their sin has has entered our world in a very intimate and personal way and so just keep that in mind that as you're sharing know that you're also sharing somebody else's story and so share in consideration of that, share in consideration of does this person want this this person who I'm about to share? Do they want them to know? And is it going to be helpful for them to know? Now, in the context of counseling, it's very helpful because that counselor is going to hold that very privately and give you wisdom to know how to walk with that that person. And so that's one context where it would be good, where mm. it would maybe not, not be good is this is a person's good friend. And maybe they, um, that could hinder that relationship. If I'm the one who tells that story rather than letting them tell that story to their good friend. Wow. That's really helpful. And even when I think about, yeah, in context of any kind of familial relationship or friendship, where somebody else is involved in the story and maybe they sinned against you, or maybe there's struggle there that, man, you're, you, you want to, you want to honor the other people that are a part of the story, even if their part of the story was really sinful. You know, I think sometimes yeah. we're, you know, we're, we're eager to be like, well, this is what happened and this is how this person sinned against me. But familial relationships, yes. it's like, I can't, that can't be anonymous. If I share something about my parents or my brothers or whatever, if it's, if it's a hard thing, people can know very easily yeah. who I'm talking about. Um, it well, can't be anonymous in that way. That's a good point talking about family too, is if you as an adult maybe are sharing something that, let's say you're married, let's go back to my my illustration of infidelity, and you and your spouse are dealing with that very, very painful reality, um, it's also your children's story. And so you want to be careful how much you share because whether or not you're, you're bringing your children into that conversation, that takes a lot of wisdom. And I would say seek counsel on that. But know that even between a husband and a wife, your story, if you have children, is part of your children's story because that's their mom or that's their dad who is in the midst of this story. And so really wisdom and sharing is know your audience or know um, that other people are involved. But And what I was about to just say is you also have to know your audience. Who is listening to this? Is telling this story going to impact them in a way? And you you may or may not know always, but if you do know that sharing your story could be difficult for another person, for them to hear that from you, um, just, it takes wisdom to know, like, is this the place uh, to share this? Um, do I know everybody in this, maybe we're in a small group or a church group and we have a visitor. So your audience has shifted. Mm. I maybe know these ladies or, or these these couples well, but now we have a visitor. And so my audience just changed. And so what I share, though, I'm usually pretty open in my time of sharing, I might not share as openly when there's a new guest until I get to know that person a little bit more. And so just the wisdom of knowing your audience mm -hmm. um, is really important. Yeah. And I'll just add to that, Eliza, that 
and, and, and of course, my context is that I uh, work with trauma survivors and I've had them tell me before that like they just weren't ready. They weren't prepared for this other person sharing a story that reminded them of their own story, which was triggering for them. And, and so, and again, we can't know for sure what's going to happen when we share our stories, but at least giving almost like I tell those that I work with, when you're going to share your story, give like the, the, the opportunity for an out for people of like, I would like to share this, but there's some hard things that I'm going to share. Is everybody okay with that? Like I'm, I'm going to share some things, some hard things that happened in my own life maybe. And I just want to see if everybody's in a place where they are able to, you know, they want to hear that or should I not share as much? So even That's giving so that opportunity in a small group setting or whatnot to be able to give yeah. people the chance to go, I don't, I actually don't know if I'm ready to hear that right well, now. And even if they, they, you know, in those kind of settings, they may or may not feel the courage to say I'm not ready, but at least they're prepared to, mm-hmm. you're also preparing them. Like yeah. I'm about to share some heavy stuff so I can kind of enter into, okay, I got to kind of, you know, get ready to hear something a little bit weightier, but all of this, all of this breeds a certain amount of trust. It grows trust and, and you need that trust in each one of those circles. We're really talking about different levels of trust and it's so important. And when you're in a relationship where there's enough trust to share, it is such a blessing. And so I, I think it's important for us to talk about just the goodness of telling mm-hmm. your story. So what are some things that you would say, Beth, are just, it's it's the good fruit and the, and the goodness of telling yeah. your story. Well, I know that in my own life and in the lives of, you know, people that I'm in community with, when we share a testimony or even a story of what the Lord is doing in our lives, we are testifying to who God is. We are pointing to Him. I hope, I hope that when we share our stories, He is intimately involved in the whole process of it, right? So when we share that, we are actually pointing to Him and and giving glory to Him, and it's worshipful. The sharing of our stories ought to be worshipful, and and that fine china is. And I love that analogy of fine china, but but the 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 most beautiful part of it is the Lord's involvement in and through all of, all of it, the whole thing. So I'm glorifying the Lord, and and also I think I hope that when we share our stories, we inc- we're in encouraging to people. It encourages people for me to say, man, I'm really, here's some hard things that I've struggled with. Um, and and I, I know that the Lord has been with me this whole time, even if I can't feel Him. I hope that encourages other people. But even my saying it also encourages my own soul. Mm-hmm. You see in Psalm 42, where David speaks to his own soul, and he tells his soul to put hope in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing. Even when we share our stories, we are reminding ourselves of who God is and his what his work is in our lives. So it's a, it's meant to be an encouragement. And so if you're wanting to tell your story and you expect that it won't be encouraging, maybe you rethink <laughs> whether you want to share that story. So I think that's important, but then also I've had situations where I shared my story and and people have said things like man, I was really challenged by that. Mm, That challenged me Mm -hmm. towards the Lord or towards getting healing from my own wounds, things like that. So so it's meant to be encouraging, but it's also meant to exhort us. When Mm. we share our stories, we are exhorting one another and challenging one another to move towards the Lord and to move towards healing and hope. And so I think that's the other aspect of it. So it's glorifying to the Lord, it's encouraging, but it's also challenging in in really good ways. It also helps us because we're processing every time we tell it. Mm-hmm. I, I have had a um, quote that I have loved since 
actually since the beginning of me becoming a counselor, there's a quote by Dawson Trotman. He's the, the founder of the Navigators. And it says, thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through the lips and pencil tips. And I mm. love that quote so much because it's it's really explaining why counseling is so helpful. It's like my thoughts are all tangled up inside of my mind. And they're like this ball of yarn that just doesn't make any sense. But as those thoughts pass through the lips, they untangle. And so Hmm. the goodness of telling your story is that you're processing every single time, whether it's in a formal setting or just with a friend while you're taking a walk or having coffee or having lunch or whatever, you're processing, which is so That's great. And so Eliza, tell me about, um, give me a, a story about- Okay storytelling and how is anything that might be fun for our listeners to hear about um, your storytelling? Yes. Yes, Our moment of humanity has arrived. (laughs) Uh, Fun story about storytelling. Oh goodness. I've got one that I can tell you. Uh, I hope I can tell it well. Um, So all of you may or may not know, but I homeschooled my children. And so in homeschooling them, we were part of various uh, type co-op type things, you know, where you all come together as a group. And and for the most part, I wasn't the teacher because um, I preferred actually paying somebody else to do that job. Um, <laughs> when Once they got into middle school, I was kind of like, I loved teaching the younger years, but in the older years, I'm like, y'all can, somebody else can teach geometry and chemistry and stuff like that. But I did really enjoy public speaking and I um, had had been involved in different groups to teach kids public speaking. And so I decided I would lead the public speaking group for a group of like late middle schoolers and high schoolers. And uh, the very first time I did that, I wanted to get to know these people. And so, of course, getting to know people is telling your story. And so I came up with some different icebreakers. And one of them you might actually know, it's called two truths and a lie. Have you heard of that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) So I thought this will be fun. And you basically tell two truths and a lie and you try to guess which one is the lie. Well, I thought this was a great idea and we we did it and everybody enjoyed it. It was really fun to see like what were some of the things that we thought were not true, but were actually true about somebody. Um, But this kind of got me into trouble because um, how should I say this graciously? This this group was a little bit more conservative in their approach to parenting and, um, you know, real strong, solid homeschool group trying to teach their children to love Jesus and walk with him faithfully. And I just introduced a way for them to lie. And so oh, I, was, hmm. I was talked to afterwards where it's like, we really don't want to teach our high school students to come up with a lie about themselves. And I was like, oh wow. no. Even though it probably wasn't hard at all for them. Yeah, they had that one down. Let's just say. So, Man. Oh, well now you have to tell me, did you play the game too? Or did you just? Of course. So I now, sorry, Eliza, you're going to have to share what, what are your two truths and a lie? And I'll see if I can guess which one is the lie. Okay. How about we do oh, that? That's fun. That's fun. Yes. Okay. And I wonder if our listeners can too as well. So I've played this game many times and I have several of those in my pocket. So this is easy for me. Um, so three statements, the two are true and one is a lie and you have to decide which one. So I will try to just say them. Um, the first one is I have eaten rattlesnake. The second one is I have visited 13 countries, different countries. Well, I guess that would make sense. <laughs> They're not the same, <laughs> meaning not the same one 13 times. So right. 13 different countries. And I have chauffeured astronaut Buzz Aldrin. Oh man. <laughs> Which hmm. one? We need some Jeopardy music right now. That would be I awesome. know. <clears throat> 
Also, none of these are like, these are like all things that are like, wow, that's really interesting. Whenever <laughs> I've played this game, I've, I've said things that were embarrassing that I've experienced. Um, okay, so, so I think I'm going to go with the 13 country one is a lie. Maybe it was less or more than 13. Okay, so this is, this is so hilarious because I, we have found that Beth and I are very, very, it's like we share the same brain. So yes, <laughs> that is the lie. I, have not, I won. won. I'm so happy. <laughs> Yes, I have chauffeured Buzz Aldrin. He has awesome. I've, I've driven well, him in my car more than once. So. We are going to have to talk about that in a future episode. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. Yes, <laughs> and I have eaten rattlesnake before. So, and as everybody would say, it tastes like chicken, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. Uh, so those are two or actually three little things about me. One, one that is not, I would love to visit 13 countries, but I have not. So Hmm. I hope today has been helpful for you and a little bit fun as well as we hope that you always have fun with us. We have, we have fun just seeing how many people are listening to us (laughs) rant on these, on these (laughs) podcasts. Yeah. Actually, when we're recording this, we'll be beyond this by the time this episode comes out. But at the time of recording, we have 5,000 downloads on our podcast after only 25 episodes. That is Thank amazing. you, listeners. That's yes. awesome. So yes. fun. So keep sharing it. Please do that even right now today. If you are thinking of somebody who, hey, talking about sharing your story is something I want to share with somebody else. And so uh, share it with them, word of mouth. Uh, we are on Instagram and you can uh, just follow us on any of the ways that you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, so forth. And just give us a like that actually helps us stay uh, visible on the podcast channels. That's helpful for us. So, and of course, as always, join us again next time for another episode of Council for Life. Thanks for listening to Counsel for Life with Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please be sure to rate, share, and subscribe. And for more information, visit counselforlifepodcast.com.